presents Haunted Hall. Welcome to another edition. It's been quite some time of Haunted Hall. I'm Louie. The return. Haunted Hall, the return. The return. I'm Louie, and I'm joined by Manny. Haven't done one of these since 2023, technically. October. I I didn't even realize that until you said it. I was (laughs) like, wow, I didn't realize it. And and we're covering a movie you picked. I think I picked the last two. (laughs) So this this was one of your picks. You... It's it's tough for me to pick movies because the ones I wanna the ones I wanna cover either you don't have it or it's just so like weird and obscure that we can't I can't find any information on it where it's worth talk spending an hour or so talking about it you know where it's like we just watched this movie and I don't know anything about it <laughs> <laughs> I just I just watched this movie know nothing about it all mm. I know is the ninety minutes that exist yeah uh, you said it. obscure but I think what we're covering today is pretty this obscure is, too. This is kind of- it's it's kind of obscure, but it's also but it's relevant. Yes, it's relevant in in the in the film itself. Yeah, that's a safe, that's a safe safe thing to say when it comes yeah. to the movie we're covering, which is which is zombie zombie nightmare zombie nightmare. Well, looky here. Aren't you in the wrong neighborhood, little girl? Looks like I missed the start of the party. Why don't you show me where the guests are going? Get in the car, witch. Now, I'll be very honest. This is a first time watch for me. I have not. This is new for Louie. I have not, I don't That's know exciting. why. <laughs> I didn't even know this movie exists. Yeah. Like existed, <laughs> funny enough. And when I was doing some research into the different releases that do exist or did exist because you'll find out this is kind of a hard movie to find on physical media. Phys- a physical release of it, you have to basically go on eBay or even I think Amazon's a bit iffy right now. And you, you off, off air, you did a Google's or you did a, I forget, what, what site did you check? We'll just get into uh, it. What Dark site Force. did you check? I got it from Dark Force, uh, Dark Force Superstore. I got it. They, yes. they did that Mirror Mirror release and they did the mm-hmm. Freeway 2 release. They, I have a bunch of their stuff. And you gave me this copy because you yes. had two of them. I yes, I accidentally <laughs> bought two. I I saw that I saw that they had it on sale recently, the Blu-ray, mm. and it said like eight copies left, and it was like seven ninety nine. And I was wow. like, oh wow, that's crazy. So I saw it, and you know, I have I have uh, the my movies app that catalogs all yeah. the, all the movies I have, and I searched, and it wasn't in there, and I'm like, and it, so I happened, I was like, I was at work. So like I fiz- I couldn't even go check to see if I had it. So I was sitting at work when I was just scrolling through. I saw it. I'm like, eight seven ninety nine. What are you kidding me? I checked, opened up my app, and the Blu-ray it wasn't there. I was like, how do I not have this? Like, how is mm. it possible? So yeah. I bought a second one. And then I went home when I when it came in. It was delivered. I went to put it on the shelf with the rest, and there it was. Like I was like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? I already hey. had it. But it for worked eight bucks, out. Yeah, it worked out too. So mm-hmm. it did. It worked. It worked out very well. Uh, so let's explain why. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this movie apparently, and we literally just learned, like learned of this is out of stock on several websites mm-hmm. when it comes to the Blu-ray release. Now, from what I could see, you can find a region ABC import of it. That, okay. 
relatively easy for around twenty six to forty dollars. Jesus. Um, it depends. I am seeing this Blu-ray on eBay for around thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. You spend eight dollars on it, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that the first time I bought it. It was also about ten, maybe twelve dollars. Okay. So I've spent maybe twenty bucks on two copies, mm-hmm. and it's normally norm. Their normal price was like thirty dollars. Most of Dark Forces Blu-rays are about thirty bucks. Yeah, because I even see a UK import here on eBay, which you know eBay is always a gamble. But you know it can fl- prices can fluctuate like yeah. crazy on eBay. One day a, a movie can be twelve dollars, and then the next day it can be sixty. You, yeah, you get two people who really wanted it. Next yeah. thing you know, yeah, they're and bidding they're gone. for it. Yeah, and yeah. it's gone. Um, but right now, it seems like if you know certain releases, like there's even one here on Amazon currently for forty bucks. It says the Media Book, uncut. I don't even know what that is. That's a um, German release. Media Books ah, are big okay. in Germany. It's literally like it, it's got the hard cover. Mm-hmm. It's a, sort of like a DVD clamshell. Gotcha. They so look really nice. Yeah. So it's almost yeah, it's almost like a VHS kind of kind similar of, packaging, but DVD size. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In, the, in that Witchboard back there, there's the media book of Witchboard. Oh, it's, it came with it. Ah. It's inside it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. This is not the most exciting release, and and we're gonna go. <laughs> and I have a I have a not in a bad way. I mean, as in just presentation. It's just a standard Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Even the inside, there's no. There's nothing Book. in there. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. no nothing, no slipcase, yeah. no, none features, of that stuff. The features are, I feel they're kind of hefty for what they are. They are, they are. And before we get into this Blu-ray, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about some other releases and where people can watch this. Because I feel like sometimes we miss that whenever we do yeah. these episodes. Where if people don't want, because, you know, physical media is niche. Not everyone wants to go out of their way to buy a DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. So we'll start with that. Where mm-hmm. can you watch Zombie Nightmare currently streaming? Tubi. Which yep. probably means it's on Amazon Prime as well somewhere, yep. and maybe Pluto TV. It's on YouTube now, too. There's a couple there versions you on YouTube. Good quality on YouTube? No, not as good. One, <laughs> okay. one is decent. The okay. problem with YouTube is I found at least three different copies of it on YouTube where, because of the music that's on it, they muted the spots with the music. Yeah. So the that- the movie just goes. Just goes mute for especially like three minutes at a have, time. Especially when you have like a 90 minute movie. I'm surprised they didn't just take it down or mute the entire video. Mm. Yeah. I'm guessing no, it because. It seems like the uploaders, it seems like one person uploaded it with the music already muted, but like the dialogue goes mute. Like it's just blank. Unwatchable. <laughs> yes. Like the sound just goes out for two, three minutes at a time. And in the first half hour, there's maybe four different spots like that. It's like, what are you kidding me? It's the beginning of the movie. Um, and it seems like two, three other people just copied that. Ah, so they just basically ripped it and then yeah. uploaded and then it, re-uploaded. It and it's still missing the audio. Uh, and then the Mystery Pretty Science silly. Theater version is up there too. Which we'll get into as yeah. well. Yeah. So... You know, when we get into the history of this movie, which this movie's got a very deep mm. kind of behind the scenes drama yep. associated yep. with it, which we'll get into. Honestly, I'm going to say it right now. The entire behind the scenes like, story of this movie is better than the movie <laughs> itself. If I'm being it's very crazy, honest. man. And, and learning crazy. about that and learning about that is what made me appreciate the movie more. Yep. And we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, so the first to, to my knowledge, what I could find, the first release of this, and it plays into the actual release of the film, is the New World Video original VHS release, which I believe, from what I could find online, 
was 87 because this movie, and we haven't gone into the, mm-hmm. you know, the logistics when it was released and who starred yep. and stuff, but this film was released, I believe, in 86. Uh, Correct. Yeah. yeah. It was made in 86, and this VHS, from what I could see, was released in 87. And spoiler alert, in our backstory, this was a straight-to-video movie, home video. This movie was made. They wanted to release it in theaters, but that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Basically, it was home video pushed out to that. Um, A few years later, and I believe it might have been 2008 or 9 or 10, I I was Mm -hmm. trying to find the exact date. I was having some trouble. There is a Scorpion releasing DVD yeah. of this film, which, are they That's, even around anymore? No. No, they're gone. No. Yeah. Who, yeah, this, who, who devoured them up and grabbed um, everything? I, the, uh, uh, Dark Force took some Scorpion, yes. and Kino Lorber has some Scorpion. So yeah, I get, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I don't know exactly what happened. My guess is that when the company went under, and uh, they... Maybe they were in debts or something, so they just sold mm. off the rights to their films piecemeal. The whole catalog, pay, probably. Yeah, to yeah. pay off debts. I know Kino Lorber did a bunch. I know D- Dark Force mm. did a bunch. And I've seen Scorpion release some others. Um, and both, I've seen both Dark Force and Kino Lorber use the Scorpion releasing logo, too. Interesting. So I really don't know the deal with with what happened with that. And And Dark Force also has Code Red. Which I believe was part of Scorpion. I'm I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you know? weird. So I guess it must yeah. have just been a, a one company gobbled them all up, Something. or gobbled up or some they, of the movies that they yeah. had in their catalog. Weird, especially like when you think about it, all those boutique DVD distribution companies in the 2000s, like the like I guess 20 between like 2005 and like 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. I guess a bunch of them went under, and then. That's what happened. You know, they got got all these films and they just couldn't keep, especially with physical media dipping out. You know, I feel like physical media comes and goes so much with like just boutique releases of certain movies and things like that that people want, especially with special features and things like that. It looks Um, like around 2013 was when 2013, 2014 is when Scorpion kind of ended. It looks like one mm -hmm. of the last couple of releases were Flavia the Heretic. Uh, House on oh, okay. Sorority Row. Yeah, 2014 looks like their last official releases. Hmm. Uh, it says that they're still... It says it, the, the wiki that I'm reading says that is a distribution company, so maybe they still exist in some form. Hmm. You know, and they just... But, yeah, I honestly do not know. Yeah, it's weird, because I saw that, but you don't see them releasing stuff anymore, so maybe someone just bought the name. Maybe whoever... Ended up getting the catalog, also just bought the Scorpion releasing name, maybe. Or maybe they're just, like, maybe a... a, that What's his name? That that guy who died last year. Uh, Banana Man? Did you hear about that? Vaguely. (laughs) He worked with with, um, Dark Force. But he was a big... He was a big... A uh, 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 big guy when it came to home video. Like the guy had been working okay. in home video releases since like the the eighties. He is Scorpion releasing, or he was Scorpion releasing. Ah, uh, okay. That was his, from what I understand. I believe that was his, or Code Red, or you know, however it worked. But um, yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe they are. They own rights to movies. And then they just license them to others to release, and they just don't release themselves anymore. That makes sense. They you just know? have a catalog of movies that other people want to just put together yes. Blu-rays and releases of. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know a couple other companies that do that, that, that are just, they're holding companies kind of, yeah. they buy, they get the rights because they just have, they just have deals. They have relationships with the, yeah, with, yeah. with the producers or whatever. And then they make a deal to put it to another distributor. Yeah. They can, they can release like a, a, a whole, I guess, Blu-ray yeah. of a specific movie and they have a limited amount of time or I guess a limited amount of units they can release maybe of a movie. It's like mm-hmm. a very limited, again, a lot of these boutique companies do that, I'm assuming, with certain yeah. films, especially kind of like obscure ones from the 80s like this. You know, if we wanted to do something on that, Matt might be somebody who might be able to answer those questions. Possibly. To have him on and talk about that sort of thing. Possibly. That you would know, be a good dead, idea. Dead release <laughs> labels and stuff like that. He 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 knows a lot of those people. It's a good idea. That's yeah, an idea. That it's is a, a good Maybe idea for, the future. for a possible future episode <laughs> tease there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next on the physical release of Zombie Nightmare, we've got the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode, which also mm-hmm. got a DVD release. It's a 1994 episode. So mm-hmm. funny enough, this movie was being made fun of in the mid nineties, a long time ago when that show was airing yeah. episodes, um, which is also available on Tubi. So if you yeah. want to watch the, the mystery science, three, uh, mystery science version of this movie, you can watch it with and without the robots talking. So there you go. And I will say, I did skim through the, the mystery science version. I did too. It's pretty funny. They're yeah. making fun of, There's a of few stuff. Moments. It's a couple of times they made jokes of shit I noticed while watching the movie. I was like, mm. okay, they noticed that shit yeah. too in 94. Um, and that leads us to the Code Red Blu-ray, yeah, which is what we both watch yeah. this on. Now, this release, I wouldn't say it's a jam-packed no. <laughs> release. There's not a two-disc set with every single thing in it. Also, some of the special features, which we'll run down really quick here, you can tell these were shot in like 2005. Yes. Or something yes. like that. They're you, definitely the, old the, features. Yeah. That's why I think that DVD was like 2005, between 2005 2010 at least, because well, just the, the formatting. I'm going to guess around 2006, 2007, yeah. because um, our leading man, Thor, Mm-hmm. Um, I think in 2007 he had like he got to on a new label or something because this guy's still a musician. Today. Yeah, he's still making music. Yeah, yeah. I think around then in '97 or so he came back, and then like 10 years later he kept doing like he had stopped doing music for a while, and then in 2007 or so he had like a big tour or something, and he was coming back. So I think that they might have capitalized on him. Getting his music, you know what I mean? Doing the music or whatever he was doing at that time. Yeah, you know? it's, so it's... That it's, sounds right. Yeah, it sounds... Even when you watch the... When you watch it, you can just tell that this was... These special features, for the most part, I think minus one thing on here was... It, I had to have been during that time. It just looks like it. Oh, but yeah, let, let's run through... Let's run through what they have really quick here, and then we'll get into the fantastic film... Zombie, zombie nightmare. So you've got the, apparently it's a brand new HD. Like this is a new, I, I'm, I'm assuming That's, compared to yeah. the, for, compared to the DVD, this is a new kind of a widescreen master of the mm. movie. Um, you've got an on-camera interview with Jack Braveman, which... That's basically just him talking about all the films he made. Because the guy yeah. directed, he, I, think, I believe it's produced and directed Snuff, which is mm-hmm. another infamous video nasty. 
The producer um, Fasano, you talking about? Yeah. Uh, no, no, Bra- uh, no, Brave Jack Braveman, Bravaman. Oh, Brave- the director. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into all the back and forth with that. The direct who directed this well, movie? Well, John Fasano. I I thought he did that because he worked with Roberta Finley. Fin and Michael Finley yeah. did Snuff. Roberta Finley did Blood Sisters. And Possibly. he produced Blood Sisters with Roberta Finley, and that's how the director of this found him. Yeah, because there's a lot of drama because I yes. believe John Fasano, mm-hmm. and we'll get into it. He's the producer, yeah. He, he, but no, but I think he technically directed, didn't he? He, they both directed. He, they both directed, but he yeah. wrote and didn't get credit yeah. for it. Yes. There's a whole bunch of drama. We'll yeah, get into. We'll dive yeah, deeper yeah, yeah. into that. But yeah, you've got you've got an interview with Jack uh, Bra- Braveman. Bra- yeah. Bravman, whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got an audio commentary with John Fasano, which he goes into great detail of all the drama. It was great had. though. This was one yeah, of the coolest, was. like yeah. most informative, like uh, 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 commentaries that I've heard yes. in a long time. And God died young packed. too. You know that, right? He was like fifty-two or something. Mm-hmm. He died yeah. a few like, ten years ago, yeah. um, which is a bummer. I, I was looking up information about the movie. I was like, oh man, this guy passed away like relatively young. Um, and also some of the actors are on the Thor. He's on, he's on it with them. And Frank Dietz, which was, I, I missed what, what was his Frank. position? Oh, he's the, he's the young detective. Yes. Because he's friends with John Fasano. He's actually like, he's been yeah. in all of his movies, all the yeah. metal rock horror movies he's made. Mm-hmm. I believe Frank Dietz has popped up in all of them. Um, you've got the the interview with John, John Fasamo, the uh, and then the director um, Jack Bravaman, sort of a because I think in this the interviews are old interviews, but it's it's like a full length document, kind of twenty five minute long documentary mm-hmm. with them um, going inside anything, and they obviously recorded these separately. These guys probably don't talk at all. After all the shit that happened in this seems, movie, it seems like there's, it seems like there's a lot of like, yeah, whatever. They don't, they yeah. don't keep up with each other. For, no, for it's, again, lots of drama, which, which again is more yeah. interesting than the film, and we'll get into that next. Um, and then the last special feature here is kind of a horror host feature, which I, I, I didn't do, watch that. I wanted to watch that one. I, there's not much to it. We not to, we're not talking Joe Bob oh, Briggs. Oh, just quality. the girl hosting it. That, yes, the, the opening. Yes, yes, I did the, watch that. Well, there's an opening and a closing segment, and yeah. she's dressed up like a caveman. <laughs> I, I mean that. this respectfully. I have no clue who she is. Mm-hmm. This is not a horror host I am familiar with. She did not pop up in the middle of the film, giving nope. us insight nope. or cracking on the movie. It was literally bookended. She op- uh, she opened up the movie, joking around about being dressed as a caveman and talking a little shit, and then closed out the movie for yeah. about two minutes. Not much to it. I got excited. I thought maybe she would do more. No. And <laughs> to my yeah. knowledge, there really wasn't much. Maybe I missed it. I did skim through the movie no, she, portion the, of it, but I, I have a feeling that girl was like ten when they made this movie. Yes, probably. <laughs> and for some reason, again, uh, she's a cave woman. In the, in the, in yes. the scene, in her but, scenes. But yes, it's John Fasano. He was. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't see any of them having worked on Snuff, but I do know that Blood Sisters. Okay. That was Roberta Finley. Snuff is Michael Finley's movie, and she gotcha. shot some of Snuff. Roberta Finley did Blood Sisters. He, John Fasano, produced that. 
Okay. And uh, Bravman saw that, and that's how he hooked up with him. That. That's what it is. Yes, but Fasano, I knew he was in because Bravman and Fasano are the two guys that kind of were going head to head and having yes. a lot of problems while yeah. making this movie. Yeah, Bravman brought him on as producer. He wrote the script, and then things kind of went down there. But he had or uh, Fasano had directed Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yes. Uh, a, a year that like very recently also with Thor, Thor. with John yeah. Thor in that. Yeah. Uh, and he also produced Black Roses. Yes. Uh, I which, think he, no, directed he directed Black Roses too. Which is another this. classic. Yes. <laughs> which I'm a big fan of Black yeah. Roses. Um, but yeah, let, let's so. just dive into the movie. Let's go through the, uh, the logistics here and then we'll go into a, a, a quick plot breakdown. Mm-hmm. From you, Manny. I, I don't think this will be the most. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they got a lot. I don't think got a lot to go by here. You are disgusting. You're not gonna get to your next birthday if you don't get your act together. Not yours. What did you say, you disrespectful punk? So the release date got no specific date. All I've got is a month <laughs> and a year. October 1986. That's all I could find. As far as when this was released. Makes sense. This seems like a very good movie to watch during the Halloween season, if I'm being honest. It has there's a certain vibe it's got. Release date perfect. March 7th, 1988 in Canada. And I've got October 1986. Yeah. For some reason uh, is what I was able to find. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's the knows? official IMDb release in Canada. And this okay. is a Canadian production. So. So, yeah. Maybe they shot it in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> technically, <laughs> like maybe nothing. Uh, well, well, you know what? The Rock and Roll Nightmare was before this. So when was let me see. Rock and Roll Nightmare was released. Not a clue. Not an, <laughs> I don't have a date for that. Uh, These movies were just released as well. In right, 1988, it says Greece in Greece. Country of Canada. Yeah. So it looks like the so it looks like these came out closer to 88. Then maybe they shot them 86 and. I'm sure it was stuck in limbo. They probably couldn't get yeah. distribution because the movie probably. was a turd and all kinds of problems. Uh, but yeah, we'll just go with October or March 1986 to 1988. Around that go. time is when that when this was released. Um, it was directed again. Now, this is where things get a little weird. Jack Bravman likes mm-hmm. to take credit and is, is technically the director yes. when you look up this film. Yes. But John Fasano claims that he directed like 75% of the movie and that Jack Bravman only directed scenes with Adam West and Mm -hmm. one of the other actors. I forget which one. He said it in the commentary and in one of the documentaries. Um, Written also by John Fasano, who, Mm -hmm. like you said, Manny, directed Rock and Roll Nightmare and Black Roses. Mm -hmm. Two excellent metal horror movies that this fits perfectly, perfectly in between perfectly and it literally when you look it up when you look up the filmography it is sandwiched in between yep. both of those movies it's perfect <laughs> perfect uh honestly you watch all three of these back to back you could you could tell they were made by the same people yeah, like the 100%. same you could tell john fasano made yep. these movies that's why you his, say he claims he directed no i totally believe it Oh, no. I, I totally believe he. This yeah. is his yes. movie that Jack Bravman just seems like a businessman who got a little greedy from whenever you just hearing Jack Bravman was a porn director. Exactly. He was and more he was like trying a porn to guy. get into 
regular film. And like most people, horror is where they start. Well, yeah. I'm going to make a horror film. So he got this guy who produced horror films. And when you listen to John Fasano talk about the movie, you hear the passion in his voice. Yes. This was yeah. this was a movie he was disappointed that he kind of got the shaft creatively, mm-hmm. especially with credit. And we'll get into that too because there's a reason why he didn't get a lot of he didn't get any credit in this movie, and it goes back to Canada. Yeah. But yeah, it stars Adam West as Captain Tom Churchman. <laughs> you got John Thor as Tony Washington. Mm-hmm. You got Tia Carrere Schwing in her <laughs> first ever first in her ever. first role, <laughs> Baberham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> from Wayne's Baby World. Man, Come Lincoln. on, guys. Uh, you know, Cassandra from Wayne's mm-hmm. World. She plays Amy. This was the one I thought was interesting. And I remember I texted you about it because I yep. was like, okay, it, really odd. Sean Levy, who went on to produce Stranger Things, a lot mm-hmm. of Netflix shit. That All unsolved the Night at the Mystery, Museum movies. Night at the Museum, that the uh, Unsolved Mysteries, the new version that's yep. on Netflix. Um, interesting career his career started in zombie nightmare crazy yeah and that's why i said earlier when i said that it's relevant today i didn't mean the plot i meant the fact that most of the people in this film went on to have huge careers yeah with the exception of the producer and john thor every (laughs) like unfortunately it's unfortunate yeah that Almost everybody went on to something bigger. Oh, yeah. John Fasano wrote a yeah. bunch. If you look up his he wrote a lot yeah. of movies. But he it's never crazy. got much, like, yeah. nothing really went anywhere. This, yeah, it, he was a talented crazy. guy, it seems. Because when you look at his filmography, the dude has a ton of writing credits. He yep. directed, you know, these three movies that he's mostly known for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. Um, and then yeah, Sean the Universal Levy, Soldier. Yeah. He Sean Levy that. went on to do huge things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And he just is obviously to your career. Obviously, yes. She went out, she became a big deal in the 90s yep. right after this movie. So, again, like you said, it's kind of interesting to see the all these actors started with this no budget, which I believe the budget of this was 180,000 yep. from what I remember hearing. Um, which is, you know, for 80s, 1986, that's a it's still a decent still amount kinda, of money. It's eh. still low, but, but for, for what they were able to achieve, <laughs> um, mm. it works. The funniest thing, too, was Adam West was nope. on set for two days. Yep. <laughs> and they milk in and him in. <laughs> but they milk him in the movie. They do. Like, they stretch those scenes out with him to get him in as much as possible. Like, just to get him in as much of the movie well, as they, possible. They also said that's him. They said if there's anybody who can milk a scene, it's it's Adam West. Yes. He he will drag it out and make it his. He will just <laughs> he will mug the camera every chance he gets. Good old Adam West, man. Batman. Yeah. And uh what else? Another good movie that he was in around this time, One Dark Night. He's in like mm. a couple of scenes in that movie. And he's top build. Man, yeah. Adam West in the eighties killed it. He was just working on all these micro, low I have budget that, movies. I ha- actually, I think that's one I want to cover in the future. <laughs> Did they release that too? I have that Blu-ray. I have an old DVD of it that that was released. I think. Oh, MVD. Okay. I have an old DVD of it from a few years yeah. ago. Nothing. I, I don't have a Blu-ray of it yet. Yeah, I there's the uh, yeah the MVD Rewind Collection. Mm-hmm. Did it, and I have that. 
But before we go on, and I think we're just going to continue talking about that behind-the-scenes drama. Mm. Manny, (laughs) Manny, before we jump into that, hit us with the plot of Zombie Nightmare. All right. Uh, So it starts in the 1950s. All right, and we're at a baseball game. We're at a little little, little league or, uh, uh, yeah, teenage kids baseball game. Young teens, too. A uh, couple of hoodlums. Hoodlums. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. A couple of greasers. A couple of greasers. Are the hoodlums. <laughs> I have to say, too, that I noticed, I noticed, and they said it in the commentary, the cigarettes. Did you hear we talked about the cigarettes? Yeah, the, pe- he had the, the, the cigarette you know, packet. They used yeah. to roll the cigarettes up in their sleeves in the fifth, and they did that. But the difference is in Canada, cigarette packs are wide rather than thick. <laughs> Yeah. So when you see him rolling, you see the kid roll up the pack. He looks like he's got a book under his yes. arm. And I noticed that watching the movie every time and listening to the commentary. I'm like, well, there's the explanation. <laughs> that makes sense. Now you're right. It is like, it's like a bar of soap. He's and got he's not even, and it's not even rolled up in his sleeve. It's no. just stuck under his sleeve. Cause it's so big. They couldn't roll. So he's sleeve. got like an Irish spring box underneath his like arm it's, folded. It is pretty it's funny. Ridiculous. And I always noticed that too. And I never, and then I'd listen to the commentary. I was like, well, that, ex- that explains <laughs> that explains that ridiculousness. So anyway, so there's a couple of kids. Um, there's a baseball game and one of the girls, I think, was she in the baseball game, I believe? Uh, yes. Little, yes. The young black girl is in the base. She's the only black girl <laughs> on the team. Well, she's, she's sort of a, like wandering. I don't even know if yeah, she is. She's I think she's there. like watching the game yeah. is more like and it. The, and she walks away from she walks off the baseball field after the game and these two hoodlums follow her and they decide they're going to attack her, rob her, rape her. No idea. They're going to harass the hell out of her and that like you don't belong here kind of yeah. racist attack. Um, and the coach from the team saves her. And fights them off and they in the ensuing fight, they stab him and they run. The coach's son sees him because coach's son is with his mother far off and they see him get stabbed. And oh, so he watches his father die. And then we crossfade two years later. It is now he, the, the little boy is now older. He's playing baseball himself. And this is John Micklethor. He's playing <laughs> the son of the slain uh, baseball coach. Very jacked, very yes. jacked and has very a phenomenal jacked. mullet. He looks like uh, um. He looks like a muscle-bound David Lee Roth. Yeah, I can see the comparison. Like his face, his hair. He looks like David Lee Roth, like stuck on a on 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 like a wrestler's body. This is a terrible thing to say, but he's got a very kind of smush, a very small kind of smushed face. (laughs) It's kind of it's like a like a. Like it's hard to explain, but yeah, that's a good that's a good description. That's a better description than what I'm saying. yeah, I mean David Lee Roth has a bit of a smush face. Smush face. <laughs> He's they got big kinda, hair and little face. It's like a, it's like the hair is bigger than the face. You know yeah. what I mean? He's kind of got that going with him. And then they've all got the bangs that just kind of circles yeah. it, so which smushes the face even <laughs> more. It's like it's like all bang and then eye, nose, mouth together, yeah. like in about this much room. So. Uh-huh. Uh Okay, so he's now he's he's I believe he's a teenager. Could be early 20s. Who knows? Looks like he's about 27, 28 in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's actually that old, though. I think I, he's 70. I checked. Now. So he would have well, been. Yeah, now. But he yeah. would have been. Yeah, he would have been in his 30s. He would have yeah. been in his 30s or so. He looks like um, a grown man, not a child. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. 
so anyway, he's loved by everybody. The town likes him. He's the very like he's almost he's almost like um, he's almost the beeve. <laughs> yeah, like a jacked bee. Very smiling. Everybody loves him. Hey, Tony. Hi, huh, Tony. You're such a good boy, Tony. Everybody loves Tony. Uh, so Tony, Tony goes to a store, and as he's he's at this deli with with the the most Italian deli <laughs> owner in the history of the world. Have you got the provolone? Uh, Tony, would I forget how much your mama like provolone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how is the new job working out? Oh, it's not bad, sir. Except they want me to cut my hair. Hey, Tony, you, you cut the hair, you lose the strength, no? <laughs> this guy is so Italian, his name must be like Mario Mario. Like, yeah. That is He's how Italian like, this guy is. Tony, okay? you want the salami? We got the salami Mo- in the yeah. back. He's like, he sounds like, he is so Italian, he sounds like Mario. Literally, like Mario He's brother. Mario like, Mozzarella like, over here. Yes, <laughs> Mario Mozzarella. <laughs> Mario Mozzarella, the, the, the deli owner. <laughs> the, the most Italian. He's like, yes. a, he's like an Italian grandpa. The, like, a hundred deli percent. store owner. Uh, in Canada, so, which is what's great. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so Tony is now in the store talking to Mario Mozzarella, and he's buying something. He goes to the back of the store, and in the front, these two more hoodlums come in. Different hoodlums, totally different hoodlums, 20-something years later or so. They come in, and they're going to rob the place. And Tony Thor decides, nope, he's a superhero. And he kicks their ass out the store. (laughs) Simultaneously, across town, we have a group of other rowdy teenagers, also definitely not teenagers. <laughs> hoodlums but they as are well. Playing, yes, hoodlums. <laughs> group of rowdy teenagers. Um, with, that is Sean Levy and Tia Carrere. That is their gang. I mean, it's not... They, now, now you, it would be funny if they were dating in the movie, but they're not. No. Um, she's dating the other guy. But Sean Levy is the leader of this pack, and he's the reckless driver of the pack, and... Um, and they're he's driving. the guy that's cool with everything yes. edgy. Everything yes. edgy. Everything. Like, oh man, he's oh, the yeah. lord of the group. Yes, he's a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he walks around with his with his switchblade out at all times. Another like he never flowing puts mullet. it away. Yep. Phenomenal Big, mullet. Phenomenal. He had a great mullet. <laughs> Excellent. He had a great mullet. Like this. Like he was. <laughs> this guy. Uh, I mean, like. He could have been in a Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink movie. Like the his look, I'll he's say it very right now. good looking. He's very uh, um, charismatic. He's my favorite. He's my he favorite. Is, yeah, he's. I great. think out of the entire movie, he's the best performance. hundred percent, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, and, and he feels like he feels like he could have been in License to Drive. Yeah, I you know? agree. Like he fit. He was the stereotype of every like. You know, talkative, charismatic, kind of asshole '80s guy. Yeah, for sure. He nailed it. He's he would have fit perfect. right in River's Edge in yeah, that exactly. Group. <laughs> you know, he totally was that. So, so the fact that he got that he that he got the biggest career of them all is really no surprise. No, yeah, you know, he is. He's the standout. It's like when you watch Sharon Stone in uh, Deadly Invitation. Yeah. You can tell she's. She's gonna be something compared to the rest of them. You know, she you can, went on to be Sharon yes, Stone. Like you yes, could see exactly. it watching. You're like, you oh, I get see it now. She's, yes, <laughs> yeah, you're watching the movie. It's like, yep, that she's a star. 
Um, so anyway, so they're driving. He's driving like an asshole. Why? We have no idea. He just is. And they're all yelling <laughs> and screaming in the car. And the music is turned up and he's enjoying. And just as Tony's leaving the deli, their car comes and they hit him. And they drive off. Tony rolls in the ground and, oh, Mario Mozzarella comes and, and two other guys happen to be driving by. Oh, my God, Tony. What happened to Tony? Now, <laughs> All five people that live in this town that know Tony showed up to help him as he just got hit by a car. They, they then carry Tony's body because they couldn't get an ambulance. They couldn't afford the ambulance. They carry Tony's body to his mother's house. This dead, dead body of Tony. They carry him to his mother's house. They don't call the cops. They don't call no. an ambulance. They don't, they put him in the Mario Mozzarella's car. <laughs> oh no, the other guy's car. Yeah, the other dude. And they bring the other him, random guy. Yes, they bring him to his mother's house. Mom, who's on the porch, already crying when they get there. Who, for she's some reason, is like thirty-five, but they made her out to look like she's like seventy she's with like the wig and the. It's, it's pretty silly. So she gets, so they bring her and they put his body down on the front lawn of like, just in the driveway. <laughs> just lay him down as, oh, my Tony, my Tony. And she tells them, do you know Molly McKembe? And she says, what? Molly McKembe. Go get me Molly McKembe. What do you want with that Haitian woman? Mario Mozzarella says. He says, she owes me a favor. I want to know why she owes her. You never learn what the favor. Oh no, you do. Oh, you do learn at the very end. You're yes, right. Yes, you do. You're we'll right. You're later. right. You're right. Yep, you're right. Yep. You're right. You're right. I so forgot. Says, I forgot the big, <laughs> the big revelation at the end. My bad. The big reveal. <laughs> the big reveal. <laughs> she says, "Go get Molly McKembe. She owes me one." How this woman is owed something to the Haitian voodoo prin <laughs> princess that's in the town or whatever? Who knows? Molly McKembe comes, shows up, and she says, what would you say? You need to bring my son back from the dead. Tony was a good boy. You need to bring him back. <laughs> and Molly McKembe brings Tony back from the dead. And Tony then rises from the dead and goes out for vengeance for the people who killed him. He is now a zombie. Film. Yes. <laughs> a zombie revenge film. Zombie revenge. And he kills them one by one, like almost like one every day or so. It's almost yeah. like he only has the energy to go out once and then he comes back. Because she's well, got she's him sort in the of coffin. Controlling, she's controlling yeah. him and sending him out every night yeah. to, go get, to, to go get his revenge. Which I do want to say the funniest thing about the zombie design, like Thor as the zombie, is mm -hmm. so when you first see him, he's got the mullet. And for some reason, I think it's supposed to be he's decaying, but rapidly. He loses the mullet, and for some reason, the zombie costume gets bulkier. You don't know why? It's somebody else, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, because he only plays him for, like, a short amount. Yeah. They, like, they, they, like, he said it in the commentary, right? Yep. Why that happened. There's a couple of weird, like, there's another funny casting thing that happened. Yes. I want to talk oh, about Oh, hilarious. Later, yeah. But yeah, it's weird how it, it's obviously someone else. Yeah. And I know it was recast, but there's a certain point where it's still Thor, but then it just turns into like a bulkier, um, short haired version of the zombie. It's weird. I can tell you. Tell um, <laughs> originally, the film, when they, when they cast the film, um, the guy playing him was uh, Pee Wee Piedmonte. Yes. 
he's a stuntman and he's a famous stuntman. Not like everybody would know him, but he did like, um, he was in a bunch of the Batman movies in the nineties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember you know? hearing this. I remember hearing yeah. this in the commentary. I remember Batman hearing this. movies. Yeah, he was yeah. in Buffy, the vampire yeah. slayer. He's, he was a fairly well-known stunt guy and he played, he was playing Tony. Mm-hmm. He was cast as Tony and they were shooting already. And they did a lot of the zombie stuff first, you know, all the makeup, get all that heavy makeup stuff kind of out of the way. Um, and he's a bodybuilder. He's a big guy. He's a guy yeah. who's six foot three, you know, very well, just a big dude, very well. Yeah. And, and you know, the, you know, bodybuilders like wrestlers and everything, they have a high calorie intake. Yeah. It's so a funny story. Essentially, <laughs> he spent the week and he ate all the food. He yeah. ate everybody's, he ate the, he ate all the food for the cast and crew. Like, that's it. Uh, 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 uh. Craft services was his. Yeah. <laughs> and after a, a couple days, maybe a week, they fired him. They're like, we can't afford to feed this guy on top of the fact that he's literally eating everybody's food. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yep. Him and Jack Bra- Braveman didn't get along. No. So Jack Braveman's the one that fired him. Yes. He was happy to that. fire him. He yes. said he was difficult to work with. He was like, yeah. oh, he was difficult to, difficult to work with. He ate all the food. Now it's coming back to me. Yeah. So they shot a bunch of stuff with him, fired the guy, and then Thor came in to play yeah. Tony Young. Uh, Fasano. Not yes. Young, but human. The human form of Tony. Yeah. And then some of the zombie. Because in Whatever's some scenes... Left. In some scenes, it is Thor as yes. the zombie. You can you can tell, and then it transforms into this like big headed kind of deformed, <laughs> like balding. It's yeah. weird, like zombie. Because he's it's, a totally different person. Yeah, it was yeah. a different a different totally dude. Different pla- yeah. Because I'm now. I don't remember if this is in the commentary or not. Was that Pee Wee guy supposed to play the human version too yes. before he yep. was? So yep. he got fired before, before they, they could shoot that. all that stuff. That's where Thor came in. And yep. took over the role. Hilarious. Yeah, after they fired him, Fasano <laughs> happened to be talking to him on the talking to yeah. Thor on the phone and told him the problems. And he's became like, fr- he was it. friends with him already. So yes, because of they, rock, and roll nightmare. Done rock and roll nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I need a Canadian bodybuilder. Do you know any <laughs> Canadian bodybuilders? Yeah. And Thor is actually Canadian, but he didn't know that. <laughs> they needed a Canadian bodybuilder because the actors had to be Canadian in order to them to, for them to get the Canadian um uh, tax credits. Yes. The production credits that they needed has to, they have to cast Canadians. So mm-hmm. he calls him saying, do you know any Canadian bodybuilders? And at the time, I think Thor was in England. He was somewhere yeah. in Europe at the time that he called. He was recording like albums and stuff Exa- with all these yes. different bands, which yeah, we should talk about that too soon. <laughs> I have some, uh, yeah, well, a little bit of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was recording his album. He calls him. He's, do you know anybody? He's like, I'm Canadian. I'll do it. Yeah. So, all right. So he flew back. <laughs> he flew over. He's John Fasano. I was like, you know what? I just made a movie with this guy. Great. Let's do it again. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. I, I, we didn't get a chance to see the Pee Wee guy play the human Tony. No. But I think casting Thor was the right choice. <laughs> Who else would have been able to swing that bat around? Oh, man. walk around with these jogging pants with this Johnson all visible in every shot. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> it's very distracting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So I'm going to take a step back and focus mm-hmm. on that for a second. Thor on, on, on his Johnson. On, on his Johnson. <laughs> so, so 
Mystery Science Theater even notices it too because oh. I put it on and one of the robots, I forget which one, he goes, oh my God, because <laughs> he's like coming at the screen. He's coming at the screen swinging and I'm not talking about the bat. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm watching it with the wife. She noticed right away as well. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait a second, that can't be real. He must have stuck a sock or something in there. <laughs> he probably did. And there's a... There's a funny story to that. Yeah. The reason why he probably did that. Before he did this, <laughs> Thor was working. I mean, he was a body. He'd been a bodybuilder yeah. since he was 14 years old. Yeah. Okay. He was working at this place. Um, it was kind of theater, you know, where he was the naked waiter. Did you hear about any of this? No, I didn't know about yeah. this at all. This is a, I, it was, I think it was, it was like a restaurant or something that he was working in where it was kind of like live performance, kind of like a Chippendales thing, but I yeah, think yeah. more restaurant theme, you know? And he was one of the, he was the star because he was huge, you know, yeah. big body built guy and women loved him and he had a whole performance that he did with it and everything. And it was it was something like the naked waiter or like what do you tip a naked waiter? I think that's yeah. like the name of the show. And um, he did that for a while, um, and then I think a few months, maybe a year or so into it, uh, the place hired this other guy who was a marine or something who had just come back. He's a tall, tall uh, black dude. Big had kind of a bit of an afro. Yeah. Um, and this dude was hung. <laughs> like <laughs> the way it's described is, is they said I, one of I think Fasano, I think it was Fasano they were talking to they were talking to somebody and they said that Thor lost lost the gig by six inches. <laughs> oh no! So they said that Thor had a great body and that's what women loved, but he wasn't like his his wee wee wasn't yeah, uh, wasn't big enough. His wiener he was small, but he didn't compare to this dude. <laughs> and this guy wasn't built, but he was hung. Yeah, there you go. So apparently the... Thor ended up being cut from the show and this guy got his and he ended up getting an award for for like a performance in some show. <laughs> something interesting. You know? So now that you so when you look at it and say, that's got to be fake. It's quite possible that he wore something in his in his pants <laughs> simply because he's been through this once before. <laughs> he was insecure about his dick size. <laughs> you know what? Possibly. You know what, dude? Steroids. <laughs> Maybe. Man, listen. You never know. Yo, dude. I'm um, just glad we, we, we took a minute or two to, to, to talk, talk about, about Thor's about Johnson. Thor, Thor's dick. Thor Johnson. <laughs> Thor Not Johnson. Thor Johnson. Not Thor, Thor, jo jo Thor Johnson. Thor <laughs> Johnson. Oh, dude. It's just funny because when you, like... He's, it's clear as day when he's like bouncing around and it's funny because I'm sitting with her on the couch watching this movie and she's like that's gotta be fake what is that she pointed it out to me I was like oh Jesus Christ you're right it's not, so, it's not something I was going out of my way looking for clearly clearly the wife was paying attention she, she noticed it and told she me she looked and I was down like, and said whoa wait a go. minute here listen ladies ladies love a guy in sweatpants apparently for that very reason apparently so there you go that's funny you know and but that's what they was that's what they said about this like the, his live sh his show at this thing was huge and he was he uh, one of his co-stars was his girlfriend at the time and he was sleeping oh, yeah. with everybody you know he he was like he'd go he even said he said that he would go out he'd do the show and then he'd go in the back get a blowjob from someone and come back out for the encore full erection 
Oh, he'd wow. be he'd full erection. He'd come back out for the encore, and then the women would go nuts, and his tips would go. They'd be grabbing his balls and everything, like <laughs> rubbing, grabbing his ass and slapping him. And he was like, and then this black dude shows up and totally upstages. Oh, they were only able to fit two twenties over his dick. The black guy, they were able to put hundreds, twenty hundreds over. His dick. They were folding hundreds. Oh, oh God. There we go. That's what we do here at Haunted Hangover. Talking about Thor talking Johnson. About, talking about Thor's Johnson. <laughs> That's so silly. That's an interesting story, though. I did not yeah. know he did like a, I, strip, I did, like a male see, stripper I, thing. Yes. Yeah, he did. I didn't notice. I, I didn't notice now, the though. size of the Johnson. And the, but once you said that, I was like, you know what? It's quite possible that 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 he maybe did. Maybe he did stuff it. There was a noise. I'm telling you, please go. See, look, I told you, there's nobody here. So that's how he got the that's how he got the gig. Yeah. He took over for the stunt guy. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, the guy the other guy was fired for that. He was friends with him, blah blah blah. So that's how that that's how that's how David Lee Roth showed up to play. <laughs> that's how David Lee Roth showed up in that. <laughs> And uh, and and it's honestly, dude, the, to go back to the plot because that's where this all was. Started. Well, I was done with. I was done with I the know. plot. We were there because after that, um, it's you know, it is quite simple. There really isn't much to no. this movie. It's a zombie revenge movie. Mm-hmm. You don't even get to know the characters that well. <laughs> They're all caricatures: the voodoo lady, the Italian grandpa, mm-hmm. the twenty-five-year-old, sixty-year-old mom, yep. Thor. It's 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 lit- and then the 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 rebellious. Teens yeah. that kill him, which is it's another literally all it which, is. Which is another thing that Fasano was upset about because when he wrote it, the main characters were all black. Yes, which I thought he, was interesting. He wrote them to be to be all black kids, and um, that when Thor, that guy, is killed, he's killed by a bunch of white kids. Yeah, you know. So it 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 his death mirrors the way his father was saving. Uh, a young black girl from a couple of racist white kids, he ends up also being killed by a couple of racist white kids. Which is, which is fucked up because honestly that would have made the movie better. Yeah. But the, just that as a plot point would have made the movie better. Having it, but it's also 1986, the producer different time. Yeah. The people paying for it did not agree. And that nobody wants a horror movie with a bunch of black kids. Which is fucking horrible to yeah, say. That's, yeah, that's exactly and they what say they that them. in on the yep. Blu-ray, in the commentary, in the in the featurette, they say mm-hmm. that no one wants to see that, or at the time, no one wanted to yes. see that. Which makes sense because when you watch the movie, specifically the Mario Mozzarella grandpa, <laughs> Mario Mozzarella, the 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 Haitian voodoo priestess. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, she's probably the only aspect of that original yeah. story that stood in that stood in the plot because they needed her to resurrect. He can't. How's it? Yeah. The Mozzarella's not bringing her back from the no. dead. <laughs> and that's probably why they made him like this random Italian, like stereotypical Italian guy, because they're like, all right, we'll just make the like store owner this random Italian guy instead of it just being like a black store owner, you know, yeah. or you know where it, it made. It made yeah, more sense everyone. keeping them. Yeah, it made more sense keeping the characters, the original, the original ethnicity and race, mm-hmm. because it would have helped the movie 
like the story just it would have worked better. And then you know we didn't we didn't get into the ending and we didn't really even talk about Adam Adam West and we might as well because we're talking about the behind the scenes stuff. But in a nutshell, the there is a detective side story yeah. very similar to the Sentinel, a movie mm-hmm. we covered in the past where you're following the rebellious kids being murdered and then yep. these two detectives, the older detective, the younger detective that's yeah. dedicated to the case and then the older one that wants to brush it to the side and say, oh, we already found this thug. He's the guy that committed these murders. Yeah. And then even going back to the whole thing with them having to be in, originally it being a black cast, that would have made sense. This it racist would've... white cop, yep. you know, Framing so, the spoilers, black man. Spoilers. Stop spoilers dancing for, around it. Spoilers yes, at this point. Spo- spoilers for Zombie Nightmare, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty six. In case you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But Adam West, Tom Churchman, is one of the young greaser fifties kids mm-hmm. grown up. Yeah. Who harassed? He's the, the one who killed killed yeah. the the father and harassed the the uh, the, the voodoo the priestess when she was younger. Yes, so, the little girl in the beginning is the voodoo priestess. The voodoo so, priestess, yeah. So the so. favor, when she, when the mother says she owes me one, it's because her husband saved her life, when she saved the girl's life when she was a little girl. So she's like, now that you're an adult, you owe me this. My husband <laughs> saved your life and died for you. Bring my son back to me. And for some reason, that same girl became a voodoo priestess. When you watch the, when you see the younger version, when you look at the younger younger version of her, there's nothing voodoo about her. It's so random. But I was like, all right, how whatever. she became a Haitian voodoo priestess in Canada <laughs> it makes no sense. But yeah. it is what it, and but that's, that's it. kind of, and that's it's 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 messed up because you know even us talking about just kind of the the twist ending comes off as not random, but just kind of shoehorned in because of the changes made to the script, which it's like almost like this movie, a movie like this, if it were remade would benefit from some of the original plot points being inserted back into the script. Cause it would have dude, this movie, if it was, you know what it could, it would have almost been like the segment in tales from the hood with the politician that's killed by the racist cops. Yep. And then he comes back as a zombie the following year. And the one cop is kind of a good cop and he's black. And then he kills all the evil white cops. That's kind of what this would have been with more like yuppie evil. If you, if white kids based on how it was written with the Haitian, the Haitian woman would have made more sense, especially because if they were all black, probably would have, then that means that the original script probably set it inside uh, mm-hmm. Like a Haitian community in yeah. Canada, like this is a native. This is the, like so. The fact that there is, like you said, the fact that there is a, oh, suddenly this woman who does voodoo, it's not out of the ordinary for them. Exactly. Like, like it's like the beginning of People Under the Stairs. Yeah. You know, she does great movie. The sister, yeah, the sister does tarot and all that, and that's not a weird thing for them. This is. Part it doesn't of, feel out of place. No, it doesn't. Feel, yeah, and, at all. And, and in this, it does. But if they 100%. had all been black then it's like well this is their culture this is a haitian cultured film and you you even there's even a scene with adam west and it's it comes off as like such a dumb line where he's like she comes from the black side of town yeah the only (laughs) like there's only one other black character in the whole movie it's the janitor which kills two of the kids are killed in a tennis uh, scene in a hot tub. Yeah. Um, but that's but again, really that it. character would have made sense too that he's sudden that that now if the two of those kids were black as well, 
then it's like, you know what? The janitor's kind of looking out for the yes. kid. He's like, you know, I'm not going to let them get in trouble. They're all right. Let's give them their, you know, because he sneaks to lets the kids sneak in and they use the pool and stuff when the school is closed or whatever. Yeah. It you comes know? off as like the producers of the movie basically fucked up the movie, had him rewrite it. Like John Fasano rewrote it, but it was the 80s and he probably oh, didn't, didn't want to have even, to rewrite. He didn't even rewrite he it. He just changed the names. They That's changed all the names. he did. He, in fact, by change, what he did with the, he didn't even change, change the names in the script. He typed out yeah, the names, I, I saw cut them the out of a piece of paper and glued them into the script over so the old character's names. Technically, you could have kept the entire film the same as this the is, original concept and it would have worked. Yep. The film like, is almost word for word exactly. Oh, no, I, I don't know the difference between what they shot versus the script, but no. the script was not changed. No, it was just the ca- the yeah. casting was changed, I yeah. guess, and that affected. Because, yeah, again, thinking about it, the, 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 the Italian store clerk would have probably been a black man and it would have mm-hmm. made more sense. Yep. Like, hey, Tony, blah, 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 you know? It would have just made more sense to... Yep. So the overall kind of story mm-hmm. that they were trying to tell, you know, it was, it was like a woke story yeah. before that was a thing. So, honestly, dude, the concept of this movie, even though when you watch it, you would, if you did not know this information, you'd have no idea. No. You'd be like, why is there a random zombie <laughs> Haitian woman in this movie? But, but looking at it, it makes so much more sense and when it makes you know the movie what, they were, what he wanted to make. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's sad, and we should talk about John Fasano and just kind of what happened to him and behind the scenes. Um, when we, we, We've touched on it here and there, but I don't think we've kind of given it some time. Um, it's sad because, you know, I said it before, this seemed like something he was passionate about, yep. and the, the producers just butchered it. He even said in the editing, he wanted to edit it. He was yep. willing to edit the film for free. He was like, pay for my hotel. I'll edit this. And they just refused. It's almost like they just wanted to use him because they needed someone with experience who directed a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. They were using a and young And the editors film. even called him and said, they gave us a, can you send us the script? Because they didn't know the like, order of the shots. They just, that, yeah, they just had yeah. footage. So like they gave yeah. us his footage. They didn't give us a script. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and it's sad because in one of the interviews, he says that there was this shot, like the Alfred Hitchcock kind of, what's the name of that? Type? The Spike Lee does the same thing. The vertigo, the, the push. The vertigo, pull. yeah. Yeah. The shot where the person stays stands there, but the room moves, mm-hmm. which is oh always God. a cool looking shot. They cut in the middle of it, which messed up the effect. And then cuts back to it, yeah. Yeah, it cuts back to him. There's scenes of Adam West with the script oh. on his desk. And he's because he had to read in between shot in between takes, but for some reason they left in the shots of him they, reading they just the kept lines. The camera on yeah, him, yeah. on him. They kept the shots in of him reading the script to try to memorize the lines yeah. for the real take when he would move it out of the way. Yeah. So so odd. And then John Fasano, you could tell whenever you you know these interviews of him that he's so disheartened. Like, by what they did to this movie. Like, he's just defeated. He's like, it's not a good movie. He's well aware that his original idea was a cool concept, but the execution because of these producers just, it failed in all fronts. So much went mm -hmm. went wrong that he himself, John Fasano Mm -hmm. plays the coach that's killed in the beginning. Yes, yeah, so a hilarious story. He plays that. I know you wanted to get to the story, <laughs> yes. so I was queuing you up for it. Yes. You know, but John Fasano, this is how much went wrong that John Fasano had to play a role in the film. 
Yeah. Please. I know, I'm sure you're dying <laughs> so, to tell the story. <laughs> so I thought this was amazing. So apparently John Fasano, who's also a New York guy from Long Island. I don't know if you knew yep. that. He's a New Yorker like us. Um, so I thought that yeah, was kind of cool. The Finleys yeah. are from New York. Roberta yeah, yeah. Finley. Yeah, those are all New Yorkers. Yeah. I thought that was really cool that he was from New York. Um, so, yeah. So John Fasano, he's a big wrestling fan. And he said his favorite wrestler of all time was superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> and he was able to actually get Billy Graham cast as and the he's, father. He would have been perfect. Yes. Superstar role. Billy Graham's son in yeah. the movie is John Mickle it's, Thor. Yeah, yes. It's perfect casting. Yep. And it, it it's a it's not a big role, so you know, he would have only come down, I think, for a day, they said, shot the stuff and then leave. But what ended up happening was they left him at the airport for like twelve hours and no one went to pick him up. They they screwed and they didn't up tell, they, they didn't screwed tell, up the flight yeah. time. Yes. He was coming was. in at like two or three AM and they yes. thought it was three PM. Mm-hmm. And, and then at some point there. someone noticed it. And yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And then John Fasano is the one that realized, like, you guys fucked this up. He's already there, grabbed someone's car jetted to the airport and by the time he got there billy grant had just jumped he had jumped yeah. back on a plane and left back to new york i think is what he said yeah so he that, found, that uh, sucks yeah one of the attendants <laughs> there he said was there a big blonde guy here they said yeah he was sitting in that chair miss him <laughs> for about for about eight hours and then yeah. he decided to just get on the next flight home and said son of a bitch isn't that crazy <laughs> that if that would have happened today like cell phones are such a such a difference like it's so different now that that would never happen today no something like that wouldn't imagine superstar billy graham lands and sits in an airport <laughs> for like eight that hours. for eight hours and he does it that way because like you said with no cell phones yeah. and, and communication being what it was this isn't an odd thing no it's that not. you would go to an airport yes yeah, sometimes people are late especially him who's traveling all over the world he's for wrestler, things yeah i'm sure he's sat in airports he's lived in airports for days yeah, on yeah. end waiting for a <laughs> flight or waiting for and he just sat there and eventually he's like you know what i'm done and it's funny because since he wasn't able to make it on set and and play the character like you said john fasano had to play it and it's so awkward it yeah. makes no it's like it doesn't even yeah, it doesn't make an any sense He's and not an he actor. Ha- and then he has to play the zombie at the end, too. Yes, which was funny. They must have shot those scenes kind of in the same day or same two-day period, I'm guessing, because they probably had it scheduled to only have Billy Graham on set for a day or two. Yeah, because Thor isn't why. in the end. I think that's no. the other guy in the end scene, yeah. which means this was even before uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Pee-wee was fired. Yeah, yeah. So this was in the first, this was in the first week of shooting. Yeah, that, that this guy's eating all the food. Uh, they left Billy Graham at the at the at the uh, at what the airport. Mess. You know, <laughs> he's had to recast the whole thing because they decided we don't want black kids in our movies. Like so terrible. What horrible movie, fucking people were involved? You know, as the producers he, of this movie, they were supposed to shoot it in New York, but the production union wouldn't give them the permits. Yeah, and that's why they went to. That's why they had to shoot it in Canada. Yeah, and then I think that was why they couldn't credit John Fasano at all. Like Probably. they credited him here and there, but I think I I remember him saying either in the commentary or in mm-hmm. the in the interview that the fact that they shot in Canada and it was all the tax stuff. Yeah. They couldn't put an American because As director. Some, yeah, because of the money, because of yeah. the money that was coming in. 
So he basically got shaft. Like he was paid, obviously, and all that. And I think he said he got paid like five grand for the whole thing. Yeah. Which is wild. And he got shafted all because of the greedy producers wanting to do things their way. And it's just sad because he was there for this entire production. He, he was wrote there, and the it's funny. script. He like wrote the you script. Hired this guy Technically, he wrote the script. He directed the movie. The other dude just kind of directed a small portion of it and oh. took credit. So, <laughs> oh man, the way he directed too, the things that they said. Oh yeah, he was like act like Columbo, and that one dude literally that, was acting like Columbo. That was not Columbo. I don't no, know like what a, he was. That it was guy like was doing like Cary Grant on yes. like speed. Like he was <laughs> through the whole. That's what he would do. They said that they they said his so directing shitty. style. He like you said he oh, wanted God. to be. He just directed Adam West yeah. and one other guy because that's you know the other guy was his friend and everything else. He's like, yeah, you go ahead and take it. And he, and when he was directing, he told him in this scene just be Columbo. He would yeah. tell Adam West in this scene you're Burt Reynolds in <laughs> this movie. Act you're Clint like Eastwood. <laughs> you're Clint Eastwood. Imagine you're Clint Eastwood doing, and that that was his directing style yeah, apparently, so, which is why so Fasano was like, I directed this fucking movie. It's yeah. like he had no, the guy was not a director. The guy, I mean, and, you, and you could tell. <laughs> but I mean, being a porn director, that's pretty much what you're going to do. Like, especially a porn director in the 70s and 80s, like we weren't having stories. It was like, nah. pretend you're Clint Eastwood and you're coming in. This woman, you're Clint Eastwood <laughs> delivering a pizza. That's what we want right now. And go. Like, <laughs> That's the whole scene. I mean, come That's on. That's all your direction. No, it makes sense. I, I get that. And honestly, that's what hurts the movie. You can tell. Even in that one scene with John Fasano where he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, even though he knew what he wanted, he just wasn't right for the he role. It's not, the, he really kicked the yeah, guy, too. Yeah, he I know. Kicked. He wasn't a trained stunt man, so nope. it made sense. And I highly doubt there was any kind of stunt people on this set i highly doubt except for peewee peewee that was it and he was he gone was, yep so he would have been doing all of it and yeah, since he so. wasn't there he's like i accidentally i kicked the guy in the face and <laughs> thank god they weren't using real knives when the stat with all the uh with all the stabbing see your boys in white are moving right along well you probably noticed the lovely lady on her way out now the boys are trying to fish lover boy out of a swimming pool full of blood let, let's let's rattle off one or a couple of things we really liked about this movie, and uh, hit hit me with some of your favorite just things about about Zombie Nightmare. There's a I, lot to love in this movie. There really is all I, ridiculous. I, like, again, like well, like we said, first things first. Uh, uh, um, Sean Levy is phenomenal. Yeah, I think he's so entertaining. He's so. I'm actually upset that he dies. Like he dies like halfway through. He doesn't like yeah. make it to the end, and that kind of upset me because I felt like he was the big baddie, you know. Yeah. And the fact that he's not one of the last one left at the end is kind of like a missed opportunity. Tia Carrere is the last one to die. Yeah. Out of the group, it's it's so yeah. so you know? silly. Well, like yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, uh, he should have made it to the end. Well, I mean, technically, the last one is uh, Adam is West. Adam West. The, he's Adam the West. big bad yeah. with the reveal. Uh, but that's I feel why. like Sean Levy. So think of it like the Lost Boys. Yeah. You have David and then you have, uh, uh, um, oh, shit. The, the, Their father, the older. The father. Yeah, the boyfriend, oh God, the I mom's boyfriend. I Max. forgot his name. Max, Max, yeah. You have David and then Max, where the whole movie you think that David is the real bad guy and then they kill David and it's like, wait a minute, we're not changed. And then Max is the real bad guy. I twist. feel like they could have done the same thing with this. 
Yeah. Where he does this and then him and, and the two of them, like, cause he, cause basically he kills, I think he dies killing her or something. Uh, Thor. He kills, he kills, he kills, he shoots Thor, shoots the voodoo priestess. Yes. And then dad yeah. comes back as a zombie. Exactly. And so then we could have had him kill Sean Levy right yeah. there. And then we have the reveal of who, of who Adam West really yeah. is. And yeah. that's when the, that's when the dad comes out from the grave to finish it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would have uh, made more sense. that's a great sense. shot too. That's a, gr- I love that shot when, cause he's, Adam West is all kind of cocky and the guy is like, oh man, what am I going to do? And then the comes out of the grave and he pulls him into the ground. And he's kill me, kill, kill me. me. Yeah. As, and he just <laughs> watches him pull him like he pulls him into hell. It's yeah. such a cool shot. It is a cool know? shot. And he just, please kill me, kill me, shoot me, shoot. Like, no, and he don't just let watches him. And he watches him. It's Watch him great. get dragged down. Um, that is a, it's funny too, because that end Adam, Adam West when you're watching the movie, you don't even really know where it's going with his character. No, he just, just kind of comes cop. off. Honestly, and I, and I was actually, I usually can guess the twist ending. And remember, I hadn't seen this movie. Yeah. I didn't even think that he was Did, one of the young guys at I, all. I think it's just because it's just badly shot. It's just badly written. But well, not written, out. but badly but it, put but together. But it worked out it to does. hide it from you. It really it does. does. It does. You, know? you don't think, you don't even think about that scene by the time it gets, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I forgot is about one of the. He is one of the greasers because yep. then he calls one of the he calls um, Sean Levy's dad, uh huh, who's the other greaser, the other greaser, the old man who's forty three years old. Yeah. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes. He's, a, did you, He's an old man. The, the young cop runs up and he goes, "Why did they kill him?" He goes, "Oh, how old is he? Forty three. They killed an old man." I was <laughs> like, "Wait a wait a second, He's dude, 40. I'm forty three. <laughs> I know." I'm 43. According to this movie, you are at the geriatric age at this point. You are. I should old. be partnered with Adam yes. West somewhere. Yes. And that dude that played that character was obviously younger. You could tell yeah. they grayed his hair to make him look like he was probably like 60 years old. Because Adam West, I think, was was in his had 50s to be. Or yeah, 60, he had to be in his 50s 60. by that time already. 50 or 60 at this point. Yeah. You know, it's so funny they had to make him. <laughs> what a bad line. Wonder, like, because it's been like 30 years. That's yeah. the thing. It's that was in the fifties, and this is now the eighties, which means it's been almost thirty years since this. So it's like these are high school kids in their thirties, <laughs> and that guy is, is the old age of forty three. <laughs> so oh. yeah, I loved that ending shot, and I really loved Sean Levy and the soundtrack sells it. We'll get into the soundtrack later. Yeah, that but, was what I was going to mention next. I was going to okay. mention the soundtrack well, and your also- favorite parts. One of my favorite parts is, dude, and it plays into the soundtrack, so I was like, okay. might as well talk about it here. Dude, that opening 80s computer graphics, like the title sequence, oh. phenomenal. It's so good. Yep. And then Motorhead, Ace of Spades playing over it. I was like, damn, how'd they land that is what I told. Like, just getting Motorhead. But then you think about it, it's 86, and then Fasana. Thor was involved. He was, But Thor said, I think he was new Lemmy, and he was friends yep. with Motorhead. Yep. So that's and then that connection with with the mm-hmm. friendship that they had, they were able to get get on um, Motorhead on the soundtrack. But that dude, that whole intro with with it saying zombie and then the blue letters nightmare underneath it, and then Adam West name and all the cool oh, graphics it's and awesome. the fonts, so good. It 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 sets the tone. You literally see Tony come back as a zombie with the voodoo priestess. 
rising from the coffin to this awesome 8-bit graphic motorhead infused yep. opening title sequence. I dude, as soon as I saw that I was sold. I was like, "All right, this how yep. how how much better is this movie going to get?" It was great, isn't it? It's, it's fucking great. awesome. It's it's awesome. I just want I wanted to point that out because I love I just love this one of my favorite aspects. I love that opening title sequence. The, yeah. the, the cold open leading to that. I just And Ace was, of Spades, yeah. yeah Ace of exactly. Spades. Exactly. Which yeah. everyone likes Thor, likes Ace of Spades, man. So. Yeah, Thor knew Motorhead and Fasano through that, you know. Yeah, so that's yeah. basically their connections. They got him. Um there's three songs. Three From songs? Thor. Uh, no, well no, he does two songs. Well, Fist okay. has a well, song on it. Well, first things first. Yeah. When we look at the cover here. Yeah. Music by Motorhead, Pantera, Girl School, and Thor. Yeah. Now, when I gave you that, I told you, look at the cover. What did you said? Pantera, Motorhead. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lie. There's no Pantera on the soundtrack, right? But there is. But it's the <laughs> old Pantera. No. It's Pantera before Fall It's not Fonsama. even that Pantera. Really? What nope. is it? Um... Thor's Thor has two songs on there. Uh, I got the names of them here: uh, "Rebirth" and "Midnight Man." Yeah. Okay. Um, Thor's wife is um, Rusty Hamilton. At the time, she was his wife, Rusty Hamilton. Okay. She was also his backup singer. Okay. Her stage name is Queen Pantera. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that was her stage name. And then she eventually shortened it to Pantera. Ah. Music by Pantera. Pantera. <laughs> wow. False fucking marketing. <laughs> Bullshit marketing on the dude. I was wait, I was like, yo, where's Cowboys from Hell? Where's like I thought because it was 86. So I was like, oh, it's gonna be, be it would glam be magic metal, metal, metal yeah, magic. Yeah. Like glam that I didn't think it was gonna be like Pantera we all know and love. I figured, oh, but then I was like. Did I miss? See, so I thought it was maybe one, like, because another scene I like that I think mm -hmm. is great is Sean Levy running around. I forget what he's driving. It's like that red car, the sports yeah. car. And he's just listening to metal fucking speeding on the highway. It's almost like what Quentin Tarantino did yes. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but like the metal version of it yeah. in this movie. Uh, I think and that song is Virgin Steel. I thought they sound like was, Iron Maiden now. I thought that was the old 80s mm -hmm. pants because I'm not that familiar with no, like, I'm not early I know 80s. like one or two songs. I but. know like heavy Pantera that we yeah. all know, like Cowboys from Hell on. So I was like, not Diamond Daryl. <laughs> no, I was like, is that it? Because I was like, no. this is not Pantera. I, it, no one sounded like Phil Anselmo. So I was no. like, this is weird. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad you clarified that for me because yep, I was like, it. where the fuck was Pantera <laughs> on the soundtrack? <laughs> yep, Pantera. That's his, that's John's, that's Thor's wife. She's his backup singer. She, she sings vocals on, she's the main vocals on the song Midnight Man, which is actually a really good song, but it's just kind of crappy production value, but yeah. it's a really good song. I, I'll um, be honest, dude, the whole soundtrack, regardless of there not being well, any Pantera on it is great. So, yeah. uh, so you had that and you had Girl School. Yes. Girl School is a is a fairly big band. You know, they're still together today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um uh I actually saw I actually watched recently a um a lot they did they were walking open air like 5 years okay. ago and they did a okay. live show and they still kill it. They're still oh, great. Okay. That's awesome. They <laughs> they got on the soundtrack from Motorhead. Lemmy mm. discovered them in like 79 or so. 
and he okay. heard he heard their single and loved them, and he put them on Motorhead's tour as an opening band and got them. A, oh wow! Yeah, he got them their manager and everything because he really he really loved them. So yeah. I'm sure as soon Still as Motorhead plays back to yep. to Zombie Nightmare, <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I'm sure that's how they got on the soundtrack in Virgin Steel because these were all bands of that like that new wave of British metal. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. These were all, they're, they're all for the Virgin Steel and Girl School and them. They're they're all from that. I might, I'm ho- I'm hoping I'm right, but I think that album was '79. Yes. With yeah, I think so, so yeah, it's a couple of years at this point. Yeah, it had but been they were a different released. style of metal, is yeah. what I mean. Like the, yeah. these bands were more in that kind of Iron Maiden, somewhere between yeah, Maiden yeah. and Punk. And well, Motorhead Thor, was his own music. Thing. Thor, totally- all his music was that style of. Yes. And I believe since we're on the music, I Thor scored this too. Yeah, I think yeah. all the like synth, mm-hmm. which all the synth phenomenal, the guitars, all the all him. Yeah, phenomenal score. It's all him. So even though he's only in, I'd say maybe twenty minutes of this movie, he was still instrumental to the way all the music sounds yeah, and everything involved. Movie. Yeah, all the music. So and it's funny because when you watch Rock and Roll Nightmare, Black Roses, it it, it all makes sense that these yeah. three, this trilogy of films, kind of. They work so well, and I think Thor really is do. the common denominator in all of. So. Is he in Black Roses? Is I think he's in Black Roses. I don't. I no, believe I think, so. No, I mean he's not. Fasano's the Fasano. No, he directed. The, yeah, he, he directed all of them. But reg- regardless, he regardless, might not be in. He fits. might not be. He might not be in it. But he, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's not in it. My bad. <laughs> he's not in it. But nonetheless, same flavor of movie. <laughs> like, and then what's funny is a couple years, what is that, 92 or so? 91, yeah. 92? Like two, three years later, Tia Carrere's uh, uh, career takes off by playing a musician. Yeah, in Wayne's World, you're right, yeah. <laughs> so, there you, <laughs> you go. <know>? Uh, another <laughs> little funny tidbit, which I'm surprised you didn't mention because I found this hilarious, mm-hmm. is uh, the actress, uh, was her name? Uh, Linda Singer. Okay. The actress Linda Singer who plays the girlfriend, the one who dies in the hot tub. The one with all white. The all white bikini, yes. like, like bra and... Yeah. yeah. Again, you watch that scene like, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. She was 17 years old when they cast her, and they didn't know that. Wow. They didn't know she was only 17. That happened a lot that, back in the day. That hot tub scene, she was supposed to be nude. And that's in the script that they're naked in the scene and they hired and they found out she's 17 and they're like, well, we can't do this now. Dude, you know, I found out recently that happened on a Friday the 13th movie. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it happened mm. in Friday the 13th part two. Really? They cast an actress. Uh-huh. I found this out recently. I think I was reading a Friday the 13th behind the scenes thing and they cast an actress because, you know, back in the day you could hide a lot of shit. Yeah. They cast an actress. She gets, she has a nude scene and a sex scene and everything. They had to cut it out because afterwards they found out she wow. was like 16 years old. Well, dude, Tracy Lords had an entire porn yeah. career and she was underage. So I think yeah. in the 80s and 70s, 70s and 80s, some of these actresses, whether it be you yeah, know, in yeah. horror movies, pornography, they were able to lie about their age. You can't do that now. You got to have all kinds of proof and stuff. But back in the day, dude, yeah, it's kind of wild when you, you think just told about her, that. Yeah, I'm 18. Okay. Okay, that, yeah. that's what happened. Come on down, take yeah. your top off. That's but it was it was like the Wild West and back in the day. Apparently, it's in the script that they're naked and there's supposed to be a sex scene and everything. And then they found out that she's only seventeen. They were like, "Whoa, all right, well, I guess that changes." So she had to keep the 
put the nighty top keep on her in her panties on and, pa- yep, white, and panty, he, white panties and a see-through wet bra that'll do <laughs> if you, know, you notice that he's she's in, in his a tidy whiteies too yeah yeah, <laughs> like they dude. had to keep them both clothed for the scene. What an awkward scene that is, just you know? in general. Seriously. Um, a- another thing I want to talk about that I like, that I think is kind of hysterical, because we're, we're talking about those characters. And there's a lot of scenes like this in the movie, and it has a certain charm. I wouldn't call it great filmmaking. There are a lot of extended scenes for no reason. <laughs> You've got this entire tennis scene that goes on for about five minutes just to pad out that runtime yep. of an hour and 20. This movie is an hour and 23 minutes. And in reality, it's probably only a 45 minute long movie. They just pad out. I'd give it 60, but yes, 60 yeah, there's a lot of padding, padding a lot of uh, uh, Adam West shots. mugging. Yes. Dude, <laughs> Adam West they, drags things out. Yeah. Some of those establishing shots, they stayed on them a little longer. We're bit. all guilty of that as indie yeah. filmmakers even, but really dragging out that padding. And that, and I just think, dude, that entire tennis sequence with the POV shots of zombie Tony, uh-huh. him clanking the bat, <laughs> king, king, as he's walking, the, the black janitor reading a Fangoria. Just sitting there reading, yep. Just seating them, comment, thinking that the kids are having sex, but they're actually being slaughtered. He calls them those little devils. Yep. He says that because he thinks they're having sex. So she's, stupid. She's running. Screaming the- for her life. Help me. Help me. And he's like, oh, I, those dude, little devils. I love the entire scene by the, the sheer ridiculousness it's of just, it. It's, it's ridiculous. The score. It's great. It's so stupid. It's fucking. Sean crazy. Levy gets impaled by the blunt end oh, of a no. baseball bat. He oh, takes God. the fat end of a baseball bat and sticks it in his stomach and lifts stomach. him up. Oh, dude. Like, so good. How did you get that end of the baseball bat in his stomach? And I'll be honest, this is not a a, a gory movie. It's either. not at all. No. Like, there's not a lot of blood. It's really just blood coming from the mouth. And that's because that's probably all they could afford, honestly. Yeah. Is the blood like yeah bleh, that's it yeah fasano said that, that, that people yeah. asked well why didn't you show it going in he's like i can't afford that yeah <laughs> he said we literally can't the money yep. everyone has a mouthful of blood in this movie including john fasano himself uh-huh. when he gets killed blood tia yep. carrera put blood. up against the uh glass blood the one dude gets smashed in the uh in the it's like a piece of machinery blood uh-huh. blood sean levy <laughs> Stop in the, the air, stuff. blood. Blood. Everybody has blood in their mouth. Listen, makes sense. They didn't have a lot of dough. All the budget when it comes to special when it came to special effects went to the zombie makeup. And that grave, I'm sure. The yeah. grave to build it to have him come out at the very end and and and, and kill it. And Adam West, I'm sure he was not ex- not cheap to have no. for two days. No. This was like Adam West, everyone knew him as Batman. I'm sure That's he was it. probably paid the most out of the entire cast. Yeah. I, I probably, think one, probably. I think if I remember, I I, I think I, I don't have the, the actor's name in front of me here. Um, it's on the it's on the back here. Uh, Frank Dietz, the yes. guy who played the younger cop, the younger mm-hmm. detective. I think he said he got paid nine hundred bucks for this, if I remember correctly. Look, and I, uh, uh, Thor Betsy was, I Palmer. Think, Betsy Palmer got six hundred dollars to play Jason's mother yeah. to play Mrs. Voorhees. I six hundred Thor, Thor said he only got fifteen hundred bucks or something yeah. for this. So. It's a low budget movie, and you can tell. But I'll tell yeah. you what, dude, not to like shit on 
you know. Well, you know, you being... know what? Thor did it because he thought it was going to be the beginning of a career. Yeah, he wanted and to be an actor. somehow his career <laughs> yeah. just didn't. Like you know that? Did you know he was he was originally cast to play Thor in Adventures in Babysitting? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep, and then. Whatever happened, the producers found Vincent D'Onofrio, and mm-hmm. they just recast him. He got oh, a phone okay. call one day and said, yeah, sorry, we're going with this other guy. But he <laughs> was going to play Thor. Thor was going to be Thor in Adventures in Babysitting originally. That would have made sense. Honestly, yeah. dude, he looks like Thor. So he that does. would have been perfect casting, he does. in my opinion. Frank, this Winston boy ran with a bad crowd. High school kids, running red lights, getting drunk. Smoking marijuana, you know, the usual bad stuff. So, are there any cons? I know <laughs> with a movie like this, it's, uh, I, I don't like being hard on movies like, especially when I know so much about yeah. just kind of the trouble it had behind the scenes. But if we had to be critical and being critical on a movie like this, I just, you, you can be critical about the whole 90 minutes or in this case, 83 minutes. It wasn't even 90 minutes. Um, because they had no budget. But is there anything that stood out to you that you fucking despised? Despised? No. no. I, yeah. I really, like, I mean, some of the dialogue is just unbearable. Like, some of it is just so, is just really bad. It's a given, though, and, dude. It's a yeah, given no, with a movie that, like that's this. What it, yeah. that's what it's just those, for me, with this film, it's just the things that are um, a, a, a product of the low budget and bad production. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really it. Like the film itself, I think that if it had a better budget, it had a little bit more opportunity, some better, a little bit of a little bit better production as a whole. I think this could be super, super strong film. Black Roses is very well done. You know, yeah. Rock and Roll Nightmare. I've I've actually never seen the whole film. I've only seen really? parts of it. No, because it's, it's not available. <laughs> I don't there. I don't think there's a Blu-ray of it. At I have all. a DVD of it, an old okay, DVD yeah, I've had for years. Yeah, I've only seen parts of it, like clips on YouTube, and that's yeah. it. You know, when I first saw this, I went. I was like, "Well, I got to watch Rock and Roll Nightmare," and I only find clips. I found like a rip somewhere, and it just yeah. looked terrible. Looked like so I'm shit. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to bother watching it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Roses is really is really well done. I it's love not Black as, Roses. It's not as well done as like Trick or Treat. No, I wouldn't say but, Trick or Treat's a but, better movie. But I want to see this guy and Sammy Kerr <laughs> together. Like, I want a wrestling match. Between <laughs> Sammy Kerr uh, and Thor? <laughs> of, yes, yes. Of Tony and Sammy Kerr. I want that wrestling match. Like, oh, I thought he was, he was great. Like, he really, he's not very good, but he's great. Because he puts everything he has into it. He really, really, he really, he really went for it. You know, he yeah. didn't leave anything behind. He wanted to do this, and you can see it, that he enjoyed doing this. It's it's funny because, it, you know, him being a metal guy mm-hmm. doesn't really play into the plot no. at all. No. It, it, you would think no, with because, the soundtrack. Because no, no, that's I know. him. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is, like, when you think of a movie like Rock and Roll Nightmare and you think mm-hmm. about Black Roses and you think about this movie – it's not like the plot of this film is this metal guy yeah. comes back as a zombie and kills these kids. In reality, the rebellious kids are Sean the metal Levy's people. The They're the me- he's the metal guy. Yeah. Where Thor is like just the oh shucks, even, even the, the baseball two kids, player. Kid. Yeah, like, even the two it. guys who robbed the store. They're a couple of punks. 
Yeah, they have mohawks. Like they dress and shit. them like punks. He's the one's got the mohawk, and yeah, worst like, worst criminals ever. They're terrible. <laughs> they're horrible. worst. Not good at their job at all. <laughs> Not one bit. No, you, you go check the back. He goes in the back and gets his ass kicked. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking this dude. He literally the punch they that go check Thor the back and then he stands there with Mario Mozzarella. Yeah, when <laughs> Thor takes the second dude out, it's like yeah. he's just grabbing him gently and like pushing him. It's like it's nothing intimidating about these these like he thieves. The one guy out the door, and then the other one just kind of walks out the door like. Oh, and then he turns around and kicks his ass too. And the funny thing is when Thor leaves the store, and I know we're going off on a tangent here about, well, there you go. Here's a nitpick. There you go. Worst criminals ever. Um, When Thor leaves in any other movie, they'd be waiting outside to gang up and beat the shit out of him. No, not Thor. The criminals ran away apparently. They ran for it. That's and it. a car is what took him out. That's <laughs> a That's... bunch of drunk kids. Yeah. And, and again, it's meant to be that kind of, correlation with but it's so weird so yeah. what a nitpick that why did you have him die at the hands of anyone other than the people he just had a fight with why yeah. would you introduce two criminals to fight with this kid then go later introduce two more criminals he gets the best of them and then another set of criminals shows up to yeah kill it's him. weird it's it's very disjointed in that and like and you said it, the way that they made it too, you really, you had no connection of no. Adam West and Sean Levy's dad. Those two characters, you had no connection to them of the of, of the guys in the beginning. That would be my other nitpick: is yeah, Adam West, no the young detective, like I, like you whatever. Think that the young Adam detective West is, should yeah. have figured it out. Yeah, like I, like whatever. Adam West is Adam West in this, no, so I'm like, yeah. it's whatever. But. The payoff, I feel, is a little kind of like, like it him works. It it, yeah, it it works because you you realize it's him when he was younger and he was being shitty to the voodoo priestess when she was younger, and it's the same people and he murdered the father. But I feel like they could have done something maybe mid film, and this movie yeah. again is really short to kind of just you don't have to hint on it, hint at it because it is a twist ending, but. Show the young detective doing some research. Something is wrong. Instead, Adam West is always telling him, like, oh, we caught this guy. We caught this guy. Don't worry. You take your work home with you. Relax. Have a drink. Have a smoke. Like, yeah. I get what they were going for, but it, it he comes off as more just like a douchey, I guess, you know, like, like, like a authority figure yeah. more than a racist kid. Like, you know, it's weird. There's a thing with movies where people, um, in general, when they're watching a film, people will be like, well, I don't want to figure out. I figured out the whole thing. I guessed the ending long in, long yeah. in advance. But then when a movie like this comes along where you you didn't see it because they kind of screwed up the delivery. Yeah. But you didn't see it coming. So it's like, you know what? Good on them. People don't like that either. Because it yeah. then it feels like something's missing that you didn't figure this out. You know, it feels like those breadcrumbs weren't there. So it's kind of like, well, no, I don't want to figure out the ending, but you kind of do. Because yeah, and this can... movie's not that bi We're not talking about Inception here. No, you know, no, it's a, no. It's a little low-budget horror film. So you kind of want to be a little ahead of things and just and not to say it. And not to say it's convoluted. And this is coming it's from guys that made a convoluted movie. And, really and we've made a convoluted film, <laughs> which I don't want to open up a can of worms no. with that conversation. But, you know, having a convoluted ending, and this is not that at all, but it's almost too simple 
Whereas, like I said, you almost forget about that opening scene. Yes, you that totally happens. Do. You forget 100%. about it because there's no breadcrumb in the middle. No, leading to it. That's what I'm saying. There's something. It feels like it. something's missing. Yeah, like they like the editors cut something out. Like there was a scene with Adam West. Oh, in the we middle. know they screwed that up. <laughs> or like, or like you know, like a situation where the young detective, and I know there are pictures throughout. He notices the 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 voodoo priestess at the at every murder scene. Yeah, but it would have been cool if maybe Adam West was there too, or like like he was trying to, and you're trying to figure out what. Is yeah. leading to this. The that detective story in, itself yeah. was not. There very is well no detective. There is no real detective yeah. story, you know. And that kind of happens in these old movies. I'm pretty sure, from what I remember, when we, you know, I remember us um, talking about the Sentinel. One of us even said, the the detective story feels a little half-assed because mm-hmm. it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, there's these detectives following these murders, these string of murders. Why? Okay. There's yep. a, we know there's a zombie killing them, but how does that play <laughs> into know? the how yeah, how does that play into the into like Adam West? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, now that oh, okay, now that oh, makes this, sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, they would have there could have just been maybe there is, and I missed it. I didn't no, watch it twice. <laughs> I dude, I've I've watched this movie a lot of times. I've yeah. I've in the last in the last like maybe two years, I'm gonna say I've watched it maybe seven or eight times. No, it's just not yeah. there. But it would have been <laughs> Dude, and and you know we we've said this for other films. I'm pretty sure. I think this has come up for a previous movie. But this movie would, if you could get the rights to Zombie Nightmare, oh, dude, this would be a great remake. Yeah, kind of take his original script, do it the way he it, intended originally. Set it in yep. in. You could even set it in contemporary in 2024 and have the the shitty. The, the Adam West younger version of him in the 80s. Yep. The, you could have it be an 80s racist situation. Give this movie to Jordan Peele and let yeah. uh, Zeal and Ardor do the soundtrack. Yeah. Hey, man, if <laughs> I had the money to get the rights to it, I'd, I, you know, hey, figure something out, You never out, know. Man. Hey, yeah. you never know. You, and never you know, know what? It would it'd probably be difficult now just because yeah. Fasano died. If John yeah. Fasano was still around and someone were to pitch it to him, because like you yeah. said, you hear it in the commentary that he f- sounded very defeated with the film. Like it really was meant passionate something. about the original yes. concept. Yes, exactly. You know? So maybe if you could have come to him with a, with the right pitch, he would have been like, you know what? Let's go for it. Yeah. Cause think about it. You take this movie and this is kind of my closing thought, honestly, with the whole film. It's kind of like there was a seed, a kernel of a good idea in this movie. Yeah. And and, you know, we always talk about, you know, stuff like The Blob being remade, The Fly, superior remakes where the originals are great, but the remakes are better. This is the type of movie where if you take that original screenplay, mm-hmm. tweak a couple things, make you could make this a serious film even, not hokey at all, and tell the story of, you know, a race war or an issue happening in the 80s between mm-hmm. a little girl being abducted and attacked his father protecting her being killed and his son being killed in a similar light 30 years later and then him being resurrected by the mother to go and get revenge and then the twist ending with the cop and all that is the it would be a great movie dude it would be it would be like candy man like but oh, with a totally. zombie it'd be like a candy man 
type film. I can see it. You know, I can see where, it. and like you mentioned, Jordan Peele and stuff. And it could work, and it would work perfectly. And it's one of those movies that I feel the remake route would be, this would be set up perfectly for yeah. it, you know? And you don't even, honestly, don't have to change much of the plot. Maybe add to the add to the script. Make it 95 minutes instead the rock, of The Rock can play Tony. There you go. <laughs> I think we'd have to cast, the rock. We'd have to cast someone a little younger, but yeah. You know, you just got to, listen, dude, I'm jo- not even joking. You know, like, Hearing the passion in his voice and what he wanted this yes. movie to be, you could tell think, it was like. I think the problem is that Thor would fight to play Tony again. Yeah. Now <laughs> he's sorry, would still Thor. Be, he'd be like, "I can do it! I can do it!" <laughs> Listen, dude, you get you give Thor a little cameo. You have him; he could play the janitor. He could be the janitor in that scene. He you know could what be I mean? the he could be the coach. Yeah, exactly. He could be the coach. Let him play the coach. He dies in the beginning of the movie. That's yeah. it. He has an actual role. Dies in the beginning of the movie. You can give <laughs> you can give the role to somebody. You know, you can give him the role. You know, a little. They do that now, dude. When you watch some of these these movies, a, a remake or a requel. Yeah. They have someone from the original film pop up in a little tiny, give him a line or two, and then keep him moving. You know. Hey, listen, man. That's that's. I don't have a lot negative to say. I, I think this I movie is a lot of. I really I think, don't. Yeah. I think this movie's a lot of fun. It's definitely a crowd pleaser. Like, watch this with friends. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. not gonna say this will be everyone's cup of tea, but it's, if you're it's listening to this of, podcast, I think it's this probably would be, your cup of tea. <laughs> this yeah. would be your when cup I of first tea. saw this, I fell in love with it. This was so great. Like, I watched it, and the next day I put it on for Lynn. I'm like, you need to see this. Yeah. This is yeah. so. This yes. is so terrible, but it's so great. It's so good, and it's got a lot of heart, man. Honestly, like I, even when I so I watched the movie first, mm-hmm. then all the commentary, the special features, the interviews, and then read a little bit more about it online, and I was like, I like this movie more. Mm-hmm. Like just because of this guy really wanted to you know i almost felt bad for him like i felt bad I for this dude i, totally I was do. like what it was just the cards that were dealt to him in making this movie just just weren't in his no it was he didn't have the deck man it wasn't no. him. it sucks it really does suck and it's it's just sad the overall kind of situation he was in and you could tell the dude just loved being he was like a nerdy nerdy yeah. filmmaker guy and he just wanted loved horror movies loved wrestling this was probably like a dream project. Some of the people he was working with for it to just oh, kind probably, of yeah. be fucking to the point where he couldn't even edit the movie. So I, I like after reading about it, hearing about it, even us doing this episode, I appreciate the film more. And not 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 saying that watching it with the Mystery of Science um, Theater 3000 commentary, it's also very entertaining. Yeah, they poke fun at it, but it's still, it's a movie that I guess time... You know, when it comes to like so bad it's good, that's what this mm-hmm. is. It's so totally. bad it's good. Totally. But the movie was probably supposed to be good, but because of shitty producers, it went bad. Yeah. <laughs> and this release is nice too. I would if if someone like Vinegar Syndrome or whatever did like some really nice box set, I'd a hundred percent buy it. If they re-released the soundtrack on a vinyl, oh, I would vinyl. get it. You know? Oh my god. <laughs> like I would I love it. I love I really love this movie. It's it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, that's it's all I can say. It's a great movie. <laughs> and one of these companies, this will be my closing thought. Somebody, One please. of these come. Somebody. And so even one this of these transfer companies. doesn't look bad. Even this does not look yeah. bad. No, not even that. The vinyl. The soundtrack. Oh, yes. Someone. The soundtrack. Get Someone, please. A vinyl to get with the score. 
reach out to Thor, yep. the score, and then maybe Thor, do two, it. Oh man, two vinyl, two 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 uh, records, the soundtrack in one, the score in the other. Kind of hoping that he. Uh, Kind of hoping he comes across us on Twitter and, and <laughs> sees the show. You know, he's an, Yo, he's an active yeah. he's he's yeah. active. He he follows things that are about yeah. him. You know what I mean? He's active in promoting things that have to do with him. Yo, so, Thor, if it doesn't yo, exist, have somebody dude, <laughs> or somebody just do me a favor and send me, send me, I, I need, I need good copies. Please just send me some. <laughs> dude, I want this. I just want the score. I want it on a I vinyl, do. man. I want the record, man. Someone do it. Somebody do it. Thor, someone, one of these companies that's distributing fucking it's a death soundtracks. Waltz. Death, Death Waltz, it's it somebody. On, the, on the table. <laughs> I think Waxwork is Waxwork. Waxwork is big, is they're too big time now, I think. Bit, I don't yeah. think they'd do this, but somebody. Death Waltz, Vinegar Syndrome can do it. Somebody. You know? <laughs> somebody released, released the zombie Please. nightmare on vinyl. We need it. The soundtrack, we need it. Right now. Frank! Help! Frank! Frank! Help! Frank! Frank, help me, Frank! 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 Kill me! Kill me, Frank! 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 So that was Zombie Nightmare. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Haunted Hangover. Head over to hauntedhangover.com and check out our Patreon page. It's the only way to support Haunted Hangover if you want to show us love. 2024. My plan is to release a lot more content over there, so keep an eye out for that. And please be sure, give us a good rate and review so Mario Mozzarella knows how much you love the show. Mario Mozzarella is very, very, he, he has a weak, weak, weak ego. He's not, he's not very strong, but you gotta give him something. Make a Mario Mozzarella very happy. And as always, remember, the best cure for a hangover is zombie or <laughs> <More> booze <laughs> probably the second time you've been an italian man in the outro of the so. show <laughs> but this time it fit <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>